afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, Fetch. Hey, Fetch. Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, Fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Eye Live Primetime. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of a political incorrectness. Etan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mary. From Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, this is indeed The Fetch, and you are listening to Inside the Eye Live Primetime. Today's date is Thursday, June the 4th, I believe, uh, 2020 and a good Thursday afternoon, early evening to all of you listening in European, actually no, good afternoon to evening in, in the United States and Canada. And of course, a good early morning to all of you listening out there in, um, Europe or Asian time zones. I think I got that right. And anyways, wherever you're listening out there on the World Wide Web or our FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets may all be well. With you and yours. Uh, let's see. Summer has indeed arrived here in Riyadh as temperatures hit 109 degrees today under sunny skies and very light winds. And that, of course, means that it has been in the 90s throughout the latter part of the evening. And actually, it's still in the 90s because right now we're sitting at 90 degrees at... One o'clock in the morning here, and we're going to be going down to an overnight low of 84 degrees in the hour before sunrise. And then we'll turn around and do it uh, all over again. Uh, quite an interesting uh, week for those of us here in the expatriate world as we deal with the ongoing protest in the United States. Uh, needless to say, it has been uh, quite a stressful time having to answer questions all of the time about what the heck is happening inside of the United States. And as I have told everybody, this is a planned takeover of the United States. It has everything to do about the 2020 election, and it could get very ugly very, very, very fast. I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world, but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020 or even sooner. Is our nation being ripped apart by a total and complete lie, a provable lie, a lie used by cynical media manipulators? Uh, So we're asking, can white people recognize the racism in themselves? Our leaders are kneeling before the mob, the atavistic ritual of self-abasement, of defeat. Suddenly, many are performing this ritual, including police around the country. The mob wants victory, but more than that, it wants the total humiliation of its enemies. 
<laughs> I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you. Okay. But since I work for that company, my CEO has told me to come out today and to bring you on your knees because you have white privilege. So if they see that a white person is getting on their knees, that shows solidarity for the situation. The situation. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your white privilege? What they've been telling us all these years is that nobody matters except for their own selfish, greedy, hate-filled, bigoted world that they live in. We are not living in a time right now where, I guess, compassion will rule. We are living in a time where we are literally being faced down by animals, by a group of people that have absolutely zero respect for the rule of law, zero respect for what has been built over time by a people who toiled on land that at one time was a quite virgin land. I saw a very disturbing thing the other day. It said something to the effect that, hey, it's all right for blacks to burn everything down because they built it for free anyways. And the sad part, the sad reality of these types of statements is these people live in an absolute state of complete delusion. They have fooled themselves into believing that somehow this great country and the great Western civilized world just sprung up from the sweat of a black culture that to this day cannot preserve anything that it is given. I was reading something coming out of Los Angeles, a, a teacher. And it was the only white teacher in a school in the South Central part, inside the ghetto, you could call it. And this class or this school, they gave away over 1,000, actually it started at 850, laptops to these students, black students, those who don't know how to build, who cry about racism, who fight every day, who scream every day, who get up on their desk every day, and they start twerking away at their stupid, idiotic music, and then they complain because they can't make it in this tough world called planet Earth, where, quite frankly, it is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. 
Well, this teacher went on to explain what these students did. They would actually take those laptops and they would throw them against the wall and destroy them and laugh about it. And the school ended up having to replace 60, 70, 100, 150%, 200% of what was given to this black cultured world. You know, blacks have a problem. And it isn't us, you know. We have seen the facts. You know, the black community commits either against the whites or against the Hispanics something like 540,000 plus. 5,000, actually it's 547,000 to be exact, 548,000 in 2018 crimes against everybody else. The whites committed a hundred, what I think it was about 300 and, I, boy, my numbers are off. It's off. Oh yeah, it's 547,000 blacks, black crimes on white, 112,000 black crimes on Hispanics. The Hispanics commit 365,000 crimes against white people, while at the same time they commit 44,000 against black people. This means that collectively almost 1 million crimes out of a total of 1,070,000 are aimed against European Americans. And these people want to sit there and riot and break down the cities and cry about privilege and whine about how they can't make it in this world. Yet they are one of the most violent, vicious, insanely uncultured civilization here within our midst people it's this whole thing it's we as we've witnessed by the way this past week it's not about racism it has nothing to do with racism it has everything to do about the lies put forward by the jewish media in that clip we just played you had tim wise speaking on cnn that we white people who is this jew seriously Seriously, who is this Jew to sit there and take the place of us white civilized people and then start to dictate to us what must happen to our European families? Who is this Jew to lie to the people to perpetuate and foment more hatred? And it's always against European Americans. And during this time of strife, we have seen some of the most debased behavior by these absolute radical terrorist Antifa elements. The debasing of so many monuments, different Confederate monuments, the Vietnam War Memorial, things to Mahatma Gandhi that was christened by the then ambassador from India in 1970. These people respect nothing and they should be given nothing in return. It is absolutely unconscionable that we allow this radical terrorist element to survive in our midst without massive repercussions coming down the road. Now let's be honest. We hear talk Trump or Trump talk and talk and talk and talk. Oh, we're going to threaten to do this. We're going to threaten to do that. And Barr gets up there, Attorney General Barr. We're going to threaten to do this and we're going to threaten to do that. 
Folks, this isn't a time of making idle threats. It's a time of action. It is a time to do. Now, here's what I have noticed as I've watched so many of these videos. There is clearly a white, seriously, a white millennial element that, quite frankly, feels that it is absolutely, I guess, emboldened. I don't know what the term would be there, emboldened or privileged to do whatever violence it wants, but it's worse than that. I have seen these so many videos where these white Antifa elements will go into even black areas and they will sit there and try to set things on fire and get things going and get the crowd going. You know, I called home to Los Angeles last night. I was up quite early. And I was talking, obviously, to family members back there. Hey, what's really going on over there? And we're okay. Everybody's safe. But... Here's what I was told. There are now rumors, videos that have circulated that in all of these bricks and rocks that have been left around town for people to throw at police, at buildings, to break the windows and cars and everything else that might be in the projectile's way, those are actually being dropped off by municipal trucks. The city of Los Angeles itself the perimeters were being protected by police units to make sure that there were no probing noses as to what might be going on relative to all that dropping off of those bricks. And I suspect that the exact same thing has been happening across these various leftist, communist, democratic, organized states and counties and cities. Then I saw another video. It was a protest. It was mainly in the black area. And quite frankly, the black guy who posted it, because we always believe in being fair and giving everybody their due right, he was, he was eloquent. He could speak. He appeared to have a reasonable head on his shoulders. And he was saying, yes, we were out there protesting, but he had the video and he showed the video and he said, but who are these three white people? In our midst and everybody in this field saying, hey, who's the white people? Hey, who are the white people? And I've seen this video or this scene play out numerous times. Who are the white people? Who are the white people? And it was these Antifa activists that set the car on fire. And people were saying to me, how is it that this cop guard ended up with no cops around in the middle of the street? It's like, where is everybody? There's no cops around. There's nothing. Now, I have seen some of the pictures coming out lately of Hollywood and certain parts of the Skid Row parts of Los Angeles where you have California's National Guard now patrolling the streets, something that I actually did witness back in 1991 in the Rodney King riots. But make, mo make no mistake, this is about the 2020 election. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that Trump cannot be trusted. Trump is surrounded by snakes, but he himself appears quite weak. He appears quite inept. And at times he appears quite, oh, don't want to say fragile, but let's just say incapable. And I've given this all some thought about what might be happening. And, and I suspect, I suspect that the whole plan, the whole plan, was to create massive chaos on the street, as we have seen, in the hopes to goad Trump, 
into bringing out the military, having some reasonable number of deaths from shooting, and then he would become now the new butcher, as happened in Ukraine, as happened in Egypt, as happened in Tunisia, as happened in Libya, and as happened in Syria. In other words, this was all a setup. Nobody bought the cheese. Everybody has laid back, and here's what we have now learned. For the most part, where there is rule of law, and that is generally within the European-American community that built the nation, we find that everything is reasonably stable. We have seen many videos now surface where rioters have tried to come into conservative areas, let's call them red state areas, and they have been confronted by not only armed people, but by capable street brawlers who have sent these Antifa scum packing. We also have very troubling stories of Antifa coming into areas, being confronted by weapons, and the police in that area have disarmed the citizens and arrested the citizens and are now charging them with assault. So we are under a very fluid situation right now in America. It's very troubling. It's not so confusing when you understand really this is about the 2020 election. It is all about gaining power. And I was speaking last night back home and uh, I was speaking inside the millennial generation and I was told matter of factly something to the effect that, well, you know, my colleagues and associates, they kind of identify with the protesters. But really, what do you identify with? Is this the type of world you want to live under where soon as you feel some slight, you're going to go burn down your city, where you're going to start hammering and destroying people's businesses that had nothing to do with this? How is that? How can you, how can anybody of any conscience support this type of behavior? How is it that if I'm unhappy with something that happened, let's say in, oh, I don't know, Israel, and I'm not happy with hap- with what I saw some Israeli soldier do to a Palestinian. Does that give us now the right to go into the entire Jewish community of America and tear these things asunder, loot their businesses, burn their homes, assault them on the streets? Because that's the message the Jewish media is trying to play up. What exactly, seriously, does London have to do with some supposed event that happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And you know, it's almost funny because the police in London are under the very same attack and assault as they are in, let's say, New York and some of these other cities that are very leftist, communist run. And you know, the police are under assault by the very same people that they have been protecting for years and years and years and years that allowed the rape and the grooming of thousands of British girls. And now these very same people are turning on the British police. And the British police are doing what? They are kneeling. They are bowing down. They are surrendering. And we have seen numerous surrenders even in the United States. 
Former General Mattis, for instance, he was, I believe, the Secretary of Defense. He went on record to say that he is opposed to Trump's actions. Secretary of Defense Esper has come out and says, I am not for imposing the Insurrection Act. And here's what I am thinking at this stage. Let the blue states burn. Let the blue cities burn. Those who are red state get out. Start to retreat behind enemy lines. Actually, not behind enemy lines, but retreat. And then see what you can do to build after this is all imploding. From the 210 area code, hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Life Primetime. Hey, it's Bruce in Texas here. Bruce, how you doing? Tell you what, um, before I need, they're going to have to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, I don't need it's it's sickening, sickening what I've watched. Have you seen uh, no more news lately? I don't watch him at all. With so Adam no, Green? No, I don't watch. Yeah, I don't follow well, him at all. well, he has one good show. Uh, whatever he's put up before, he has compilation of all the violence being perpetrated upon white people, and I'm talking elderly people, people who can't defend themselves. Just viciousness. It, it looks like uh, Somalia, Mogadishu, uh, Haiti. Uh, You there? Seems like uh, he has disappeared. You have disappeared. You've gone off record here. I've not. I cannot hear you. And he's gone. I guess he's gone. Oh, I see why I can't hear him. That's bizarre. Okay, I see why I couldn't hear you. I don't know how that happened, but uh, something just uh, a button flipped and I couldn't hear you. So, Bruce, go ahead and call back if you want to get your, your thought in there. So, folks, basically, uh, that's obviously the theme of the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening out there in the world, especially as it pertains to these riots, some of the observations from overseas, uh, some of the statements we're getting over here in the Middle East. And uh, that's kind of where it's going to go today. It is Inside the Ally Prime Time. Again, uh, this is Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Uh, and what else? Uh, telephone lines, 1323-275-1314. That's 1323-275-1314. I've actually not gone to the chat room just yet. I gotta learn to pot that down. Okay, hi, welcome back. I, sorry about that. I touched a button and you disappeared on me. No problem. You can hear me good? Yeah, you're fine now. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I was saying it's just sickening what I've been witnessing. Uh, uh, Adam Green had a compilation of violence being being perpetrated against people at, at shop owners and homeowners, and it's good that that there are it's not enough, but but there are guys that are standing up. Uh, the Black Lives Matter tried to do a protest at the Alamo in you know in San Antonio. That's, that's where I grew up, and uh, they were backed off by by a line of uh, armed citizens. The police, I mean, they, uh, they, they're such under political control. They're, they're kind of like babysitters, you know. And, um, you know, I cleaned my 12-gauge, and someone comes to my house to hurt me or my family. And, you know, it's, it's a shame because in today's climate, if you defend yourself while white, you're going to prison, you're going to supermax. So it's almost like a suicide pact to, to, to defend yourself in this day and age. And... Um, you know, back back in nine, uh, when 9-11, truth was coming out, and I had this naive notion that, well, if the truth came out, maybe 
justice would be served. And we see that's not the case. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw this up in the air and anyone can grab it or even take a look at it and drop it. They can. But I think this ties back into Charlottesville because, and even maybe Las Vegas, it, they put they put the white male on a the defensive. They, they they either brainwashed him into being a cuck, or disarmed him and and made it known that anything that ha that if you're caught while defending yourself while white, that's a that's a capital offense almost. You know that's 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 prison for life. You know. Uh, it is, and, and uh, I'll tell you it, what, you know, yeah. here's the thing. I've been talking to people. I said, look, you know, everybody out there, you have to understand, they are after you as a demographic, period. Wait, and we got so many idiots in our culture, okay? And then we got some that are plain evil. These Antifa guys, they know what they're doing. They're trained. They are reasonably professional, quite frankly. They're doing a good job. They've gotten away with it. They're, they're, they're covered by the police. They're covered by district attorneys or attorney generals that basically uh, uh, let them right back out. I mean, it's a revolving door. They get arrested, and like you had in New Orleans, this, not New Orleans, I think St. Louis, the district attorney just let them out the next morning, just said, okay, get out of here. Go back and get to the streets. you got work to do. So it's really, really important that people start to look at how to solve these problems at the local issue. That means literally you have to take back your institutions because that's really the problem here, uh, Bruce. We don't control any of our institutions, and why is that? You know what I mean? Why is that? It's because nobody's trying. Let's be honest. Not enough are trying equally. You're going to have to fight Ten times harder, be ten times smarter, and take back the institutions. Because now you see what's going to happen to you if you don't. All right. Going into a break. Bruce, thanks so much for the call. Inside the Ally Primetime, everybody. Back with more right after this. And welcome back, everybody. It is indeed the Fetch Inside the Ally Primetime. It's, what, uh, June the 4th? Birthdays are coming up, everybody. Send me, send, I'm just kidding. Send some cake. I love cake. I don't have any cake here. You know, we're still here under lockdown here. Uh, hopefully that's going to end pretty soon. We got probably another 20 days. I'm not sure what's happening here. You know, this whole COVID thing has been an absolute nightmare for everybody. Uh, but now pretty much everybody understands that this thing is all uh, been fraudulently done. You know, basically this is some type of coordinated political campaign that people don't really understand. But here's something that, um, is very, very interesting. May 25th, 2020, Minneapolis. You have this, uh, stupid looking dude here leaning on this black guy's neck. And, uh, you know, purportedly that's what kicks off the riots here in Los Angeles or inside of the United States. Then you go to May 28th, 2020 in Paris. You have the exact same scene. Got a cop holding down a black guy. He's got his leg on his, on his neck. And then pretty soon Paris starts to explode. May 30th, 2020 in Madrid. Another same scene. White guy on a black cap, a black, a white cop on a black guy's neck. And it's purportedly dies except for the black guy. He had, hey, he had a, a mask on. Good for him, right? And so did the Spanish police. Yeah, that was good, guys. But anyway, so you've got three cities, Minneapolis, Paris, and Madrid, all with the exact same photo, now all being used to kick off massive riots in these cities. So the point here is that if you want to understand why, why this whole event went down, uh, I will just put forward the following conjecture. 
generally need, generally speaking, they need some type of impetus. They need some type of uh, event to happen to kick off the next event. What I mean by that is before you went to war in Vietnam, you had to go for Tan Kin accident, right? So you got this fake accident and uh, away you, a fake, not accident, but a fake attack on, on a U.S. destroyer or a cruise ship or whatever the case was back then. And the next thing you know, 54,000 American soldiers are dead. Who knows how many more were wounded? And who knows how many Vietnamese lost their life, not to mention the ecological harm from Monsanto and their Agent Orange defoliant, which was sprayed all over uh, the Vietnamese landscape. Uh, of course, 9-11 was used as a pretext to start this Jewish war against the Middle East. And it's funny how these people out there try to protect Jews, but they don't seem to grasp just how deadly Jewish people really are when it comes to these types of geopolitical things, because they really don't care about anybody but their own self-interest, and they just don't care. I mean, they will kill anybody to get their goal, and that's a, that's obviously observable out there. I think everybody understands that part. But nonetheless, they needed a pretext. So this thing was nothing but a staged pretext. You know, you got lots of stuff going out there. This guy didn't die. They were friends. It was it was clearly staged to everybody. I'm just going with the staged. But it doesn't matter. What matters is what ensued. What matters is where we are at today. What matters is what we have to deal with going into tomorrow. Um, hi. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Yeah, this is Bruce again. I'm going to be quick. Uh, okay. I know you uh, closed me up the last time, but you're on topic here, and I just want to add something to it. That's sure. all right. Sure. Oh, all right. Um, have you ever seen the movie The International? It's like a cop thriller about uh, bankers that were um, banking conglomerates that were funding uh, revolutions. No. And, um, no, it sounds like one to watch, though. It's something that I can relate to. It is exactly something to watch, and I recommend it. Look for it somewhere. The International. It's a very intelligent movie. And it starts off, uh, these two Interpol uh, uh, agents, one of them's interviewing a banker, and he comes out, out of his Mercedes, and he's walking, and some guy taps him on the shoulder. And and he uh, takes a few more steps, and he goes down on his knees, he grabs his left arm, he vomits, and he has a, he has a heart attack. And that's an old... Um, thing it's not it's not science fiction it's not something made up it's it's a tactic uh, of assassination and uh, it's very hard to to, uh, to flesh out unless you know what you're looking for in an autopsy now if you have a medical examiner who's on the take he covers that up quite easily mm-hmm. okay if you notice heather Heyer had some people around her she was in a crowd and there were some guys with short haircuts police-looking guys right real close to her. So that could have, she could have been hit and she tapped and she died. And same thing with with this, this Floyd guy here. This, this cop, from what I understand, there's a lot of organized crime and they're both working for the same mobsters there in a nightclub. And they're both maybe deep into it. It's just something I want to put out so people can look into it just to consider. They, they set the table for this stuff. 100% this was set. This was just the pretext to put this, but the way the messaging has gone down, it's very clear that this plan was in the making for a very, very long time. They are very, very well organized in the way they have brought this out to the street. The media has been weaponized, as you can tell by the messaging. So this was planned. This is a pre-planned attack on the United States and her people. It's very clear. Okay, any, okay I'll let you continue okay, on. Okay, thank you, Bruce. 
Thank you very much for that. It is listener-sponsored and supported radio, everybody. It does rely upon your donations to help keep the network alive, up and running. And obviously, without those donations, this show does not... Uh, well, actually, it does. <laughs> it does. We got Things are moving, everybody. But uh, nonetheless, right now, we're here at Revolution Radio, so we want to continue to support the network. It's just we're good people, everybody. So we want to support those who support us. And we want to keep those good things going. So do what you can. Support the network. Send in a couple bucks. You know, it really helps. I know I know it's a difficult time for some of you out there, but I know it's also okay for a lot of you also. So some of us are, some of us are still blessed. So let's, let's do what we can to continue to help. But I'll tell you, you know, if you can imagine everybody, uh, what's going on out there in the world today, they left, the left side is all about power. The literally, I mean, the Antifa, the Soros, the cabal—that's, I guess, you could call Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama—and you have to factor in possibly, just possibly. Again, I don't really trust Trump at this stage. I know I don't even know. I just don't trust him and or his people. I don't trust Barr. I certainly don't trust Ray. You know, they are sitting there going after fake Antifa accounts purportedly set up by white nationalists. That's what you guys are doing right now is you got so, so and so quote unquote white nationalists putting up fake Antifa accounts and you're going after those accounts and you're not dealing with the, what the hell are you guys doing on the public stage? Uh, I have no idea. I wish I was on the inside, a fly on the wall and could grasp that these guys even have a clue. It would be nice to think that they do, but quite frankly, it, it's very difficult to think that uh, uh, Mr. Fix-It organization like the FBI or a criminal organization like the Department of Justice is really going to be able to do anything here. And people were telling me just recently, saying, you know, Fetch, what's going to have to happen here is Trump is in some danger now of losing his base because people, if he can't come up with some type of national strategy, then clearly we don't need him. I mean, we don't need him. It will have to be done at the state level. It's going to have to be done through the states, and there's going to have to be state solutions to this. Because if Trump cannot pull anything off, then there's no point. There's What do, what do we need you for, dude? You don't protect European interests. You don't protect the, the nationalist interests. All you talk about is how great your economy is, but you really aren't protecting the European Americans who helped build this country, who could have organized, who could have been ready to have some type of some type of resistance perhaps in some areas. Trump has done everything possible to deflect and to keep white people from organizing. And that is a key point here because you're allowed to organize. That's not true. As long as you organize within the MAGA movement, as long as you're a part of his movement, you're allowed to organize. But if you want to organize outside of MAGA, no, no. They come after you. He sends his FBI out. I'm not saying he personally, but hey, the FBI come out after you. The Department of Justice comes after you. The various states are hammering people, trying to put people in prison for 20, 30 years for, for some of the inno- most innocuous of crimes. It's unheard of. You know, for what you want to say about whatever you want to say about Charlottesville, you know, in that particular event, you know, these people, to their credit, they did everything they were supposed to do. They got all the permits. They did everything. And then Antifa shows up, and essentially the police are aiding and abetting Antifa. So when I hear Antifa say, defund the police, defund the police, well, they're not helping all that much anyways, to be honest. It's almost to the point to where 
And it's not, it's not so easy. We have something like 700 or 900,000 police officers in America today. But smaller individual areas are certainly going to have to start to learn to take care of themselves. The police are just not reliable. And for all you want to say about them, I'm sure there's some good people out there, but I know my experience with them. These, these, these jackasses chased me down for three, four years, hitting me with all kinds of electronic weaponry, stalking me day in 24 seven. I got my experiences with these guys. I've had some good experiences with them. Sure too, but I've had my experiences with them. Did you see coming out of New York? By the way, there was an Antifa girl. She came into the, she had her car damaged. Oh, what a snowflake. She's out there rioting. Then she comes into the police precinct and she wants to file a police report now. The police just basically picked her up by the shoulders, by her jacket and just shoved her right back out the door. Said, you're not welcome here. Get out of here. And she's like, no, we, we can't do that. Just, they just yelling at her. Get the hell out of here. Get out of here. Just get out of here, man. You're, you're not, you're not welcome. So. You know, it's going to be very tricky. You know, you're going to have to win over. Obviously, the police represent an armed element of society, and it's going to be very good if you can win them over to your side. But as we saw in Minneapolis, they are bowing down to the mob. They are bowing down to the communists. In Los Angeles, they have been shown, based on the information I have received, to be a party to, that's right, a party to the rioting. Okay, that's Los Angeles. I'm sure the same is holding true up in, let's say, San Francisco and North Carolina. I'm not saying the entire force is, but I do know for a fact that elements of the force are. So these people cannot be trusted. We are in a situation now where, unfortunately, they can't be trusted. You're going to have to play it by ear, case by case, uh, street by street, precinct by precinct to get and grasp what's going on. And you really got to start taking names, guys. You got to start taking names. I can't stress enough that you got to take names. Okay, uh, the ITEL CAT report. We actually do have a new sponsor. Uh, it's going to be the Citizen Reporter. Now, we haven't prepared the slot, so we're not going to officially start it this week. But the Citizen Reporter has come on to sponsor the Thursday night ITEL CAT report. We hope to work with her. We'll put together a nice script for you next week. But we do have a new sponsor for the ITEL CAT report, which is kind of cool. And this week's ITEL CAT report is a little bit quiet. There's not a whole lot going on. What I did notice here in Saudi, though, with the lockdown, people aren't going out to eat. Uh, so they're not at restaurants. They're not, you know, that type of stuff. And there's virtually no cats anywhere. Literally, you know, they were talking about how in New York the the rats were going hungry because there's just no food to eat. Well, here in I haven't seen any cats. My goodness, I haven't seen anything at all. And now that you think about it, for a couple of weeks now, I haven't seen a single cat out there. Normally, you'll see one, two, five, you know, hanging out somewhere. Uh, I have seen nothing. So yeah, it's unfortunate for the little critters out there. They do rely on scavenging to eat. Uh, eating off the largesse of the people out there and with the people being locked down, there's not so much largesse when everybody is essentially making food at home and there's not so much to be thrown away. Uh, but anyways, the ITEL cat report is very quiet at my house. Uh, everybody's just doing great. Good old Spiker. You gotta, I've, I've told Emily, you know, get me some, uh, meows from Spiker because this guy loves to talk. But other than Spikers, nobody talks. And they're very polite. I don't know what she has done, but when it comes time to feeding time, they're not like fish swimming around your feet. They sit there on the stairs. They're patient. They look up at you like, okay, cool. 
Yeah, it's about time to eat. That's very good. They're very cur- I, I t- It's unbelievably courteous. I, I can't believe it, quite frankly, but they're unbelievably courteous. So it's kind of cool. I mean, I I, w- I really wish I could get back, guys. I, could, I I wish I could get out of here. Again, I want to stress uh, I'm under very good conditions here. Uh, relatively speaking, we're very, very well in, under very strong conditions. But it's always nice to get back to family from time to time. But uh, that's all we really have to report today. There's not a whole lot to report. So that's the I Tell Cat report again. It's going to be sponsored really starting next week by the Citizen Reporter. And you can catch her show. It's going to be airing, streaming, I believe, 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. That's kind of a difficult time for some of us old folks. But for me, I'm up at that time. It's okay. Not up at that time local time, but if it were local for me, I'd be up, so it's not so much of a problem. All right, uh, time for the... Oy vey! Oy gewalt! It's like another show! Oy vey! Oy vey! Oy vey, everybody! Hollywood is run by Jews. It's owned by Jews. Very goddamn angry at some of the Jews. I thrive on boy and tears. Oy vey! Oy vey, everybody! It's time for Inside the Eye Lies. Oy vey, moment brought to you by grism.blogspot.com. Grism.blogspot.com. That's wrong, man. That is wrong. You know, I lost, for some reason, I lost all my recordings and I pulled up the wrong file. Uh, this is brought to you by uh, the Andrew Carrington Hitchcock Show, the ACH Show, which, by the way, uh, I was on. We did it, you know, normally we pre-record. So we are going to be on tomorrow for another edition of Fetch on Fridays. It, this airs at 11 o'clock at Eurofolk Radio. That's 11 o'clock at Eurofolk Radio. Be sure to tune into that. It's a heck of a good show. It went way too fast. Again, these are only an hour long. They are also broadcast on the Rents Radio Network now. And uh, what can I say? It was a really fast show. I thought it came out very well. We were talking about the riots and, and such. So check out, again, the Andrew Carrington Hitchcock Show or the ACH Show tomorrow at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern at Eurofolk Radio at Eurofolk radio.com or Eurofolk, yeah, Eurofolkradio.com, I believe it is. But you'll find it. If you can't find it, just do a quick, uh, uh, search engine search and you should be able to find it. I gotta get rid of that, that bumper and put it into an archive, man. Uh, no, don't save any changes. Uh, so basically the Oive moment, mm, not a whole lot to fight or to report, but here's something that of course is I can't see this because it's coming out of uh, the Jerusalem Times, and I can't see the Jerusalem Post, I should say. Uh, but what Jews are complaining about now, and of course they're always complaining. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a fun story. Let me pull this story up first. Apparently, somebody did, Fox Sports did a skit where they depicted Hitler as a virtual fan at Australian rugby at an Australian rugby match. You know, that's that's like verboten, man. The Sunday night with Maddie John's show on Fox Sports has now apologized after they aired a skit depicting Adolf Hitler as a virtual fan at an Australian NFL match, admitting the joke was poor taste and completely unacceptable. But here's the thing. 
aren't Jews telling us that they have no tolerance for free speech? Aren't Jews telling us that they have no sense of humor? Aren't Jews telling us that they can throw Hitler in our faces 24-7, but the second we want to use it, they want to demand some type of an apology for it? See, when I see this type of behavior from the Jewish community, I see the Jewish community, quite frankly, as a low-life, disgusting culture. This isn't how you act in a civilized world. This is how barbarian, totalitarian tyrants behave. These are not civilized people. These are uncouth, disgusting people. I mean, how do you do this? How do you make this to be such a big deal? With all due respect, I got crap. Jewish, if I'm in America, I got Jewish crap thrown in my face every day. How would you Jews like to apologize for every absolute disgusting Jewish thing like Tim Wise on CNN there that we played earlier today? How would all of you Jews like to start apologizing for that? Huh? Would you like it? How about, how about you have uh, roving bands of pretty nasty people demanding you Jews get on your knees and apologize for your Jewish privilege. Would you be, would you like that? Would that be acceptable to you? How about we create a situation one day where Jews are said, get on your knees and apologize for your Jewish privilege. Would you guys appreciate that? Absolutely you wouldn't, but you think it's fine and dandy to have your Black Lives Matter thugs and your Antifa thugs doing it to the white culture here in America, don't you? And you don't think that the ire is supposed to, is not going to rise up against you thugs? Seriously, you are intellectual bullies, you're punks, you're thugs, you're uncouth, you're uncivilized, and quite frankly, you're barbarians. You're barely above the monkey stage if this is how you think people should be behaving. What's this, getting down and bowing down to somebody? What type of disgusting stuff is this? Like Tucker Carlson was saying earlier, you guys just want to, you want to humiliate and embarrass and just rub in your victory. And it doesn't go down well if you keep to do it. But then again, you know what Jews are saying? I can understand Jews. They're saying, you know what? Let Fetch rant. It's okay. That that Hitler thing looks kind of like me, by the way. That's not good. It uh, looks like Alex Jones, too. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I'm kind of becoming a little bit um, numbed by the arrogance of the Jewish community, by the hatred that Jews really do exhibit, uh, by the ignorance that Jews that want to protect other Jews exhibit. Uh, I'm just shocked, really, that we are dealing with a culture that has no respect for humanity. Uh, I, I, Where are all the Jews crying about uh, how this kneeling is such a bad thing. Listen, if it is okay to you Jews out there, if it is okay for you to accept some thug telling a white woman to get down on her knees and apologize for her privilege, do not think for a second over time that anybody is going to cry for one second should you Jews be forced down on your knees to apologize for your white privilege. Should you Jews equally be forced to be paraded down the street with sign that says, I supported Black Lives Matter. I supported Antifa. I'm a terrorist. Because that's what you Jews are. You're terrorists. You support the insurrection against the American people. Not everybody, they say, but too many of you are leading the charge to this type of stuff. Don't kid anybody. We understand very well what is happening out there. Other news, Serbia. 
has gone out and adopted the International Holocaust, the International, the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. So that is another uh, nation that has fallen to Jewish stupidity, actually Jewish intolerance. I don't know what you want to call it. But yeah, that's another city, uh, country that has fallen. Um, Jews are complaining. And what they're complaining about, I can't find it quickly enough here, but they are whining about how Israeli tactics against the Palestinians is being mirrored against U.S. police attacks against the American people. So if you notice, if you watch Jewish techniques, Jews are barbarians. They are evil people. Okay, they're evil. Go look at what Israel does to the Palestinians, and you're going to understand that these are an evil people, period. They are not worth, they are basically the Khazarian version of Black Lives Matter. They are the Khazarian version of Antifa. They're thugs, they are antisocial, they are anti-human, and they don't care about the harm they cause to other people. So today... A guy by the name of Isaac Herzog, that's a great, great uh, Chinese name. He is a leading Israeli. He's on the left, and he is head of the Jewish agency. And he is now suggesting that it's quote-unquote anti-Semitic to liken Israel's treatment of Palestinians to American racism. Well, I'm not so sure about that. What we're concerned more about here is the way in which our police are behaving like Jews. Okay? That's the main problem here. In fact, the techniques which are being exhibited in all these videos that have started these riots, those are Jewish tactics. Those are Jewish techniques. So when all you black live moron idiots out there want to whine about police this, police that, why aren't you taking up your issue with the Jewish community? Why aren't you taking up your issue with the police who constantly go out to Israel to be trained? Why are you trying to make this into a white issue? And this is the problem I have with the rioters, even the ones that are well-meaning. Get educated. And I know a lot of you are too stupid, too ideologically driven to even know better. All you want to do is loot and plunder because you can't build anything. But why are you complaining against white people when the tactics deployed against you are Jewish? Think about that. Just because it's a white person sitting there, does that mean anything? <laughs> What's that white guy got to do if he's trained to do something that a Jew tells him to do? So why don't you take up your issue with the Jewish community? But they're not doing that. You know, they're just not doing that. Uh, let's see. Herzog is saying that the Jewish agency's approach to anti-Semitic includes sending young Israeli fellows to U.S. campuses to promote the country. Again, this is an invasion. You know, they're talking about how the Chinese are all over American campuses and how the Chinese, with their Confucius society, is indoctrinating all of these kids on American campuses. But what do you think this is with the Israelis? Seriously, what do you think this is? It's the same thing. Jews and communists work together. It's the Fetch, everybody. Back with more right after this. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, uh, join us in the chat room if you'd like inside the ilive.com. Uh, Click on the live chat button. I heard you. I don't know who said it in the chat room, but they said, you know, we kind of like the old Fetch music, the old bumper music. And I'll tell you, I, I, I do too. I haven't found anything to quite replace it. Haven't been looking. I probably should give that a little bit more effort, quite frankly, but I haven't done that yet. 
so nonetheless, we'll try to fix that up for the next few shows here uh, coming up. Uh, let's see. You know, we were talking a little bit about the Oive moment, and it's a very critical issue. But first, let me go back to some issues that are happening out in Minneapolis. It's now been learned that a basically a pallet, uh, a cache of some $900,000 of counterfeit money has now been found and turned over to the Treasury Department inside of Minnesota. Uh, not too far from where all of this action took place. And if you recall, the way this story originally broke was that this guy tried to pass a $20 counterfeit. And I don't know why anybody would try to counterfeit 20s. That's kind of like pointless and if you ask me, but they tried to pass a 20 foot, a $20 uh, counterfeit bill. And of course, why you would hang around after you just got busted and couldn't buy and you're waiting 9, 10, 20 minutes for the police to come by so they can try to catch you. Uh, not sure why you would do that. But nonetheless, guys, uh, we don't have to get too much into that because really this was all a stage. It was all theater. It was used as the pretext. And we have to understand that this pretext is the most important issue because it was basically used to set off these riots, which were well along in the planning. And one of the big words you're going to hear about there is Antifa, Antifa, Antifa. And they were talking, and again, I don't trust Trump because basically Antifa is the paramilitary force of the Democratic Party. See, Trump doesn't really have, the Republicans don't really have a paramilitary force. And what we mean by a paramilitary force is one that can come out onto the streets, use violence to affect a, a particular political agenda, or to intimidate others from expressing their political uh, free will such that you can control the direction of where the political process is going to go. So... Antifa, in this case, is essentially a Jewish organization. And I have said that many, many times. Trump cannot go to war against Antifa, at least on the face of it, because Antifa represents Jewish power in America. And, of course, Jewish power is highly destructive to the nation. And Antifa is the expression of that, Antifa and the Black Lives Matter. So, if you go to Twitter, and I don't go to Twitter too often because I'm I'm one of those guys that's banned, but apparently Twitter has been trending quite a lot on, Antifa I should say has been trending quite a lot on Twitter. And there's an article that comes out from some Yiddish, see if I can, see if I can find it. Uh, it comes from the forward. And of course, if you're familiar with the forward.com, this is a very good Jewish newspaper if you want to catch what Jews are thinking about because it does represent a fairly large percentage of the Jewish population. So it says, indeed, uh, Antifa has a very rich Jewish history. In fact, it is Jewish. Antifa is Jewish. And again, this is coming from a uh, Jewish newspaper. The ideology, it says, was born to oppose Hitler. Antifa is short for anti-fascist. And of course, we've been saying that all along. Anytime, anytime you hear somebody, I don't care if it's a Weave Arnheimer from the Daily Stormer, 
or some other quote unquote faggot. That's, that's a term for troll. Uh, uses, anytime you hear the use of the term Hitler or neo-Nazi or Nazi, you are dealing with someone that is within the Jewish narrative, within the Jewish political spectrum. So when you hear things like fighting white supremacy, everything is about white supremacy, white supremacy. Again, this is evidence of Jewish ideological framing. Because again, you have to link the Hitler with this idea that, oh, Hitler was a, 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 a white supremacist and he wanted to control. You, you know, you guys, you guys understand the, the framing that Jews have used on us over the years. So, uh, according to this particular article, and I'll quote here, Antifa, it's so Jewish that one of the items being shared widely on Twitter right now is the Yiddish and the Hebrew manifesto of the Antifa arm of a group that was an offshoot of the Marxist-Zionist political party called Left Poel Zion. So essentially, what we are looking at here is an admission from the Jewish community vis-a-vis the forward that this is a Jewish insurrection against the United States. Their armies are Antifa. Their armies are Antifa, but they are being paid. Guys, this is not, like they're just, not just, doing this out of their fun. They're getting paid upwards of $200, and then apparently, based on some research and some videos that have come out, it's a pyramid scheme. If you join, you get $200. If you get people to sign, you get more money. It's kind of like you get an override. And then if you get more people to sign under that, you make even more money still. So essentially, you're looking at a pyramid scheme where people are recruiting and making money, destroying everybody's property and it's a jewish organization now reading here again it says the document and the organization that produced it may seem like a bundle of contradictions and maybe more so today the group's members were jews and arabs but they were also zionist the arabs too and although the official palestinian leadership sided with the germans in an effort to end the british mandate the Palestinian members of this group sided with the Allies. Well, you just carry this forward and you've got Black Lives Matter and you have Antifa and they all share the very same principles of Jewish hatred towards Western civilization and the desire to completely dominate Western civilization and essentially submerge it into a Talmudic hellhole. So some of the principles of Antifa are that it's open to, quote-unquote, all workers and citizens who, regardless of their political orientation, recognize the need to combat fascist and anti-Semitic poison and recognize the solidarity of all workers' national and social interests, regardless of their ethnicities. Again, you cannot disjoint fighting anti-Semitism and Antifa. So Antifa is an extension of Jewish power. This is very much a Jewish uprising against the American people and against the United States of America. If we get rid of Trump, okay, and we took over our own ability to have our own networks, and I'm talking about uh, intelligence networks, they're not all that smart, guys. 
It's not all that smart. It's come on. You've got Project Veritas has has already infiltrated it, and they're basically saying, you know, don't don't be stupid. Don't get caught with, you know, baseball bats with with uh, spiked barbs on it because that's just a magnet to get busted by the police. Don't walk around with brass knuckles because that's just a magnet to get taken down by the police. Use more subtle methods like gouging people's eyes out. Isn't that great? That's how they, that's actually some of the stuff coming out of the Portland branch of Antifa. You know, do something subtle, gouge the eyes out. And the funny thing is, is that if you try to, to protect yourself and defend yourself from these people, you probably, as Bruce was saying earlier in the show today, you'll probably be arrested. Literally, you'll probably be arrested, but it's just the way it works. A second here, and I don't have the whole thing, it says there's no place in Antifa for those who are an enemy of Jewish workers or Jewish immigration and settlement. But the same holds true today. There is no place in Antifa if you are anti-Jewish. Again, this is a Jewish organization. It is a Jewish insurrection, and it is in a Jewish attempted takeover of the United States. They're not content. They already control our media, let's be honest. Um I, I'll be honest, I look at what's going on in America today and I, I get a little bit uh, confused. I'm sorry, I missed your call. Go ahead and call back because uh, I've just, just taken things down. You can call back. I'll try to watch this the other screen here. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little confused about, you know, the media because the media is clearly an enemy of the American people. The media is a really an enemy of humanity itself. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about that in my book. And yet, Trump has done absolutely nothing in four years, essentially, to do anything. Yeah, oh, you're the me, you're the enemy. Dude, you're making it to the point to where the media is running the nation. The media is telling you what to do. The media is telling everybody how they should act. Since when did the media become the rulers of our nation? And the rulers, quite frankly, of everything that we would like to do. Who are they to tell us anything at the end of the day? So the point here is that the media must be brought under law and order again. It must be subjected to law and order. It must be completely destroyed. There should be no reason why white nationalists, American nationalists, should not have access to the airwaves. That, quite frankly, is unconscionable. We should absolutely have access to the airwaves because we should be able to go up against the Jewish guy down the street with our message and let the Jewish punk down the other side of the street go out with his message and then let the best message win. We should not be under this perpetual madness where every time we speak up, a bunch of Jews are whining like a bunch of crybaby losers trying to get everybody's jobs destroyed and then removed from society, etc., etc. That's not, that's not a, that's not a healthy democracy. That's not a healthy republic. What that is is essentially totalitarianism. And I don't understand how that can actually work over time. From the seven, Zero five area code. Welcome to Inside the Eye Life. Hey, Fox, it's Lonnie Canada. You know, Lonnie, I keep forgetting to get you that PDF, dude. I was thinking about you today. Then I get working and I just forget, but uh, I'll get it to you, man. 
I understand. I should send you a reminder email is what I should do. True, true, true. true. Um, anyway, for my first time, call, my first time calling into prime time, uh, although I, I usually catch it on the archives, but uh, all this... Uh, <laughs> you got too much time on uh, your hands, dude. Uh, what's that? I said you got too much time on your hands now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the bills still rack up, though, don't they? They do. Um <clears throat> All this George Floyd stuff, which is an obvious uh, staged event, we all know, uh, coming out of Minnesota there, reminded me of three years ago. Remember that Australian white woman who yes. was living in Minnesota? Yes. Uh, might have been suburban uh, Minneapolis. I can't remember. It was Minneapolis. Um, she had somebody, somebody showed up in her, you know, got in her backyard or something. She called the police and a uh, couple of cops show up. Um, the guy, the cop in the driver's side, white guy. Uh, the passenger side cop was a, uh, a black Somali. He was Somali, a, he was the decorated Somali yeah, guy. And, yes, he was the like the decorated hero of the Somali community. Right, and so she came out to to to, to meet the police car, and for some inexplicable reason, this guy reaches right across the other cop, which I would have been pissed off if I was that guy, um, and just shot this woman for no reason, and initially got away with it. He was barely even reprimanded. And then, if memory serves, because it was three years ago, uh, I think there was enough outcry that it and it was so egregious they kind of had to do something. But uh, I didn't see riots going on all over the place over that woman out of Minnesota. You know. Well, did you hear Tyson, Mike Tyson, the other day? He put out a tweet. He took it back down, but he said, "You know what? If white people uh, rioted every time a black man did something to a white man, we would never have peace." Right, and good on him for saying that. You know, it's uh, yeah, this couldn't be more staged. And, and of course, the second that the looting started, it obviously wasn't about this George Floyd character, even if it were a legit situation, which is obviously not. Um, so it, it was obviously it's obviously all about something else. And you think people would figure that out? But and I, I hear I haven't investigated this myself, so don't quote me on it. But my wife mentioned she saw online that apparently there was some violence uh, from this uh, Antifa group in Montreal today. So, if that's the case, I mean, I predicted days ago with uh, my circle that they were bringing it into Canada, and it looks like they have. And uh, so that's no surprise. But yeah. one of my main things I was thinking about. You know, it amazes me how people can't think in such a simple, fundamental way anymore. It's like even their imaginations have been robbed. You know, I was sitting there thinking today, which I've done many times, had this similar thought over the years. What you think people would be questioning, what is this constant fight and struggle for freedom throughout all of humanity? You know, you think people will be getting kind of tired of the entire idea of this. And they think it's just part of the human existence, you know, and part of the human experience. And it's really not. I mean, it. anytime you look at these uh, situations, whether we're fighting for some kind of supposed granted right from our government to literally fighting from a tyrannical government pointing guns at you or trying to starve you out or whatever, it's always, 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 always a Jewish hand. And so it's not really part of the human experience naturally. <clears throat> And, you know, I just think people, they should be thinking a little more simple. Like, what is this constant fight for freedom throughout all human history? You think people will be getting tired of it by now and just deal with the matter. 
Well, I sure, I'm tired of it. I tell you, half of you wants to, you know, if you have the ability, just kind of like ride off in the sunset and just forget it all and just leave it, you know. But uh, duty calls you back and you keep doing what you do because, you know, some of us have been able to, even though we've struggled through life equally, yeah, we've been dealing with it, dude. I get you, <laughs> you know. But, uh yeah, I don't know, man. I get you, man. You know. Right. I mean, when anytime I looked at anything in history, I can't. First of all, I can't go back far enough to find out when it wasn't the Jews. Like, I, I can't find it. Uh, you know, people talk about all oh, this stuff was a hundred years ago or whatever, where it started really messing up here in in Western cultures. So we all know that that's not true. And you go back even a couple thousand years ago to the time when the the Jewish lie of the Bible. You know, <clears throat> um, you go back before that. I mean, it, it's just I can't. And you go back sometimes 10,000 years when you can find the information. And I can't find when the Jews weren't doing this. They might have called themselves something different back then at various times. Uh, who cares? You know, it's all the same lineage. And, uh, you know, it's pretty clear what the answer is here and the mistake we've been making throughout all of history. Yes, it is clear. It's just a matter now is will we get to that stage, you know. It looks like right now the strategy seems to let the blue states burn. You know what I mean? Just let them burn. Screw these people. Screw the governors. Screw the mayors. Screw the people. Uh, those of you who are being suffered, hit in your red state, well, you're a minority there anyways politically, if you know what I mean. So you're, you're not right. helping all that much anyways because you're already in a losing state. Uh, the idea is, you know, we hate to say it, but retreat, retreat back to red areas. Uh, understand what your lessons were from that. Uh, find a new community. Dedicate yourself to that community to protect that community, to make it stronger, to to grow it, and let these places that are run by these Democrats just digress into absolute hell holes, the like of which Somalia would be proud. Right. Well. I think uh, the Jewish uh, control are even losing some of their uh, deeply conditioned liberals now. You know, this, well, this COVID-19 thing was just so ridiculous and so over the top and still very much ongoing. They're not letting that, uh, loose much at all, really. And yes, I think I, I, that's even pissing off some of the liberals. You well, know? That, yeah, I think in the liberals, let's be honest, that we do have a reasonably educated class that really kind of has bought the Kool Aid, but they're not stupid. You know, if you look at these rioters no. and what you see on TV, we're we're looking at just the the complete knuckleheads. You know, literally, they are the knuckleheads of, of the community. But you have professional Democrats that just, you know, they've identified with the party since they were young and they identify as this, but they're still invested in the system. You know what I mean? They have jobs, they have kids, they have, uh, you know, a future at stake. And I don't think they're going to be all, t- I, I, I wouldn't anyways think they'd be all too happy with the way their leadership is sending them. And, and we're saying to, to them, look, uh, if you figured it out, you obviously were well, you're welcome. But if, if you haven't figured it out, just stay there. You know, eat your, eat your pudding, man. Eat your curdled pudding and get out of our face. I'm at that stage right. now. I don't see why we should be out, you know, making another war. But the separation idea, uh, becomes very strong. We need to put together defensible areas within the blue states so you don't give up the blue states. Like Northern California is very strong. Uh, parts of the eastern side of California are strong. 
give up the coast for the most part. Uh, maybe the central course could be one, but it's difficult. And let people retreat to red areas. And uh, let's just let these places burn. We'll, we'll, we'll fight to keep uh, the interstate. I got no problem with that. Yeah, we'll, we'll fight to keep the interstate highways open because that's our trade. You know, because we're losing the coast if, for the most part. We're not going to lose Florida, but we're going to lose the coast. We're gonna, we might lose some of it, but you fight to keep the interstate trade open because that's your ports coming in. Uh, those belong to the, the federal side and the rest of you. Let you guys rot. And quite frankly, I don't, I would love to see in some respects all these rioters. Uh, I would, I'm not into this Jewish collective punishment crap, but I am, I would have zero problem with these rioters being rounded up, found out, and a bunch of white hats burning their houses down. How do you like it, assholes? Seriously. I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that sort of thing. Violence is a tactic in both directions. And one thing I'm kind of surprised about, um, is uh, I'm surprised there's not more sort of, uh, how could I put it, covert action against Jews in this kind of situation. Uh, because this is a perfect cover. You know, you got all this violence going on around you. Yeah, well, why not take a handful of uh, pissed off, trained armed white uh, guy, uh, half a dozen white guys, and uh, maybe go mess up a synagogue a little bit? Well, you, you know, know like it, they it's have a in cover. Los in Los Angeles. They have Jews are complaining about how they're van they've been vandalized, but it's like, you know, these are crocodile tears compared to what your your forces, you know, your paramilitary forces have done. Uh, what needs to go in is go right. in and find one of their. You know, I, I, you, you would not, let's put it this way, okay? No one's gonna shed a tear if one of their Torah scrolls went up in flames. Uh, you know, it would be very fitting, quite frankly, if this were to happen, uh, based on the fact that they are creating such antagonism inside of our nation. You know, if they want to go at everybody else's core values, it would be very fitting to see their core values suffer also. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, of course, but yeah, I would see no problem with that. Because the country's at war. It's a civil right, war I, now. It's a civil war now. It is. It is. People I, I are dying. Like to, cops like are getting killed. More direct action against them. Well, again, no. I would too. I would too. But it, you know, unless you're willing to go personally do it, you don't have a right to. You know, what I mean, you don't have that right to request others to do it. You know, what no, I mean? I'm, not, I'm. I'm saying we all do it. I, yes, I agree with you. I actually agree. So uh, again, it's. Oh not, no, I don't want anybody fighting. Don't be. I want to be alongside other yeah, like. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you don't want to be a lone shark out there. And nowadays, you're forced no. to wear masks. You have to wear masks. Uh, leave your cell phones behind, because again, we. I know. I'm a telecom guy. Okay, I'm a former telecom guy. I can go into the switches, dude, and I can tell you where you were all the time. So the fact that we don't know who's who and where they're going, we already know how. Because your EMUI and that, that phone is registering to all the cell phone towers. We can triangulate you. Yep. You know, we're triangulating you now. We're not using GPS. We're using cell phone tri, we're using tower triangulation and it's pretty darn good most of the time. Sometimes it's out by 50, 60 feet, but for the most time it's pretty good. So, you know, it for, is. It's fairly consistent, obviously. Well, I think the thing that people need to, Jew wise, need to, to constantly remind themselves is um, ever since 9-11, they've gone all in. And it's reaching a point now where it's it's very obvious that they're going, they're going for it. 
You know, like I was uh, communicating with Paul from the other Lonnie, day. Lonnie, good call. He says, I don't... Good, you'll keep this going if you don't mind, because we're going into a break. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live with Lonnie up in Canada. Everybody back with more right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Final half hour. I love these uh, Thursday shows, Lonnie, because they're really, really, really fast. <laughs> you know, before you breathe, you're done. You know, you get used to those three hours, and people don't realize just how long a three-hour show really is. Yeah, exactly. And then to try to do it solo, it's, uh, you know, two hours is like, you, you blink and it's done. Anyways, um, obviously about the riots and all, you know, we have got a situation, Lonnie, where I really think now that we're now in a civil war. Uh, you can call it just random violence or whatever, but I, I, this is so well coordinated. I, I have to view this as a civil war. I think the patriot community always thought that a civil war would come about and, 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 and take place in a different manner. But, you know, it's interesting because <clears throat> you look at, for example, uh, the sheriff in uh, Polk County, Tennessee, you might have seen that video, where he was uh, warning them not to go out into his county, that he encourages people in his county to own guns, and they they are more than welcome to blast people out of their houses if they're if they come to try to break in or set them on fire. And uh, that, I thought, was a, gr- a fantastic statement from a uh, white sheriff. And, and um, I'd like to see more of that. And, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, these people never really go into the white suburb areas, uh, especially the rural areas. I mean, they're not going to try that where I live. Well, they you tried know, in they, U- just, they, they, they tried in U- a place called Ukaipa yesterday uh, or two days ago, and they got their asses handed to them, literally. Uh, what happened was they were first met with armed people on roofs and in front of store shops and then some good old boy, you know, that good old six foot four corn fed husky guy, a lot of them out there and some of them not even white, just community members saying, get the hell out of here, beat yeah. the heck out of them and sent them packing. Oh, really? I was not aware of that. Yes. That's a fantastic yes. story. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised. You know that a little more uh, violent resistance hasn't happened. I mean, it's just a matter of time before honestly, these stupid. No, honestly, I think. And, you no, know, honestly, I think it's because they have avoided these areas. You know, you had that black kid saying, "We're coming to the burbs next," and the guys are sitting. You know, the the because the whites have left the cities for the most part. You know, what I mean, we've already left. Right. These aren't our cities anymore. They're your cities. You want to burn them up, destroy them, do what you want. At this stage, I don't care anymore. Seriously, I don't care. You want to turn your city into to Detroit? Knock yourself out. But don't ask us to help you. Don't ask our government, the federal governments, to bail you out. Uh, we have a real issue with that. And then as you saw with your guy in Tennessee, we need to take it now county by county by county and recreate that success. Put people in power that agree with us. And it says if you come here, look, we ain't going to be – Holding our citizens responsible for foreigners, because you are really a foreigner when you come into somebody's town, uh, to just create mayhem, especially. Uh, we're not going to allow you foreigners into our town to create mayhem. We're going to deal with this on a, on a local level. If you're here to cause problems, don't be surprised if you're sent out in a body bag. Well, they're, they're asking for it, that's for sure. And even in the heavy liberal areas, uh, obviously not everyone is. And, like, for example, I have a very close friend who lives in, in Los Angeles, and he, he, uh, knows what's going on. He's well aware of the Jewish issue, 
And even though it's not legal, he's locked and loaded and caring. He, he drops his wife off at work, and he's caring. Like, he's not messing around, you know, because he, he knows the danger of and, and where the riding is is only a few miles from where he lives. And uh, I'd be doing exactly the same thing. And, you know, it's to me, that's a responsible thing to do, despite what the law says, Jewish law says. And uh, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of people who who are very much on our side that are behind enemy lines. So they're, they're going to have a problem with that, too. Well, obviously, you know, not just in the rural areas. No, obviously, we have to support those people behind enemy lines. They can't all just pick up and leave. Um, right. You know, we have to support that uh, intellectually, sp- you know, spiritually, all that kind of stuff. But they're behind enemy lines at the end of the day. There's only so much you can do for them. It's not like we can rally the whole That's community true. around you to help you. If you're in yeah. Ukaipa, you had the whole town basically kicking the sh- crap out of Antifa, sending them running out of town. It's like, why'd you come here? Right. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see lots of that. And uh, to me, it's just if this continues, I mean, who knows? This could be we don't because we're not on the inside of the Jewish plan. Although we know their although we know their ultimate. Uh, uh, goal, goals. Um, uh, they, we don't know if they're going to continue this nonsense, all this rioting and violence. So if they if they do continue it, it's just a matter of time before the good old white guys start going after them. Not not just defending their homes; they'll start going out and hunting them down. You know, I, I had an incident with Black Lives Matter. Oh, about five years ago in downtown Winnipeg, believe it or not. Um, and I was uh, working there for the day, and I had a lunch break, and I went to go down the street to a store that I was familiar with. And uh, I see these three 30-something black guys, you know, and they're, they're the guys, one guy's got a megaphone. they got a display out on the sidewalk. I think they're preaching religion or something, right? I have no idea what's, what's going on. It's too far away. And there's an audience of seven, eight people all whites just standing there watching these dudes listening to what they're doing i get up there and it's black lives matters i mean they have it right there on their signs and they got this whole display in the sidewalk basically preaching for white genocide i mean that's what it comes down to you know and i'm sitting there going wow if i were doing that they'd be arrested in five minutes okay this is interesting so i stand there for a few minutes and i'm listening to all this garbage you know about how the whites enslaved them and blah 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 so i interrupt the guy and I said, uh, hey, man, I know more about black history than you do. Of course, that got his attention, and he stops talking on the megaphone. He's like, what are you talking about, man? I'm like, well, who owned the slave ships, man? Who owned the plantations? Who? Let's talk about your people that sold out your own people in Africa to, to the Jews, you know? And, of course, he, he wasn't having any of it. He wasn't open to a, a rational discussion. He's getting paid to do this, obviously. And I went, all right, you don't want to be mature and rational. Uh, I said, I'll make a little point just so you understand what you're dealing with, because you're obviously too stupid to understand what you're dealing with. And I said, uh, I gave an example. I said, the state of Pennsylvania, 1.4 million deer hunters alone, registered deer hunters. That's the size of the U.S. military. That's only registered, so only legal. That's only deer, and that's only with rifles. That wasn't bow hunters and whatnot. And I said, I'd be willing to wager a bet that, you know, 1.39 million of them are white guys. I said, do you really want to mess with that? You hold your Glock sideways, man. Like, <laughs> I said, keep pushing. We'll start hunting you down. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, you so come start into our... realizing we have a common enemy. 
you know, what's yes. that? Yeah, well, they come into our communities and start preaching that. They're clearly saying, we're going to take you down. Okay, uh, just a little preemptive a strike on you guys. Did you, I don't know if you saw, there's another video somebody sent to me out of, I think, L.A., maybe, I think it was coming out of L.A. also. And it was a black guy. And he said he was, his, his language was typical ghetto-ish, but he was reasonably, he could talk, you know, his ghetto accent, but you get what I mean. And he's saying, yeah. you guys, he's like telling his blood brothers, you know, he says, first of all, make no mistake, I'm pro-black, I'm pro-black. Okay, fine, he has a right to be pro-black in our, in our way of thinking, okay, sure. be pro-black, that's okay for me. But he said, you brothers don't understand this game, you are being lied to. He said, the guys on the right, They've been preparing for this for years. They've all got their guns. They know how to use them. They're ready. They're locked. They're, they're ready for you. And the ones on the left are using you to get slaughtered. They're just using you. And if you brothers don't start moving strategically, you are going to get slaughtered. And he said, the guys on the left, they lie through their teeth to use you. The guys on the right, at least they're straightforward. You understand where they're coming from. Fair, fair enough. I did not see that, but but that's. Uh, I know there are some people in the black community who get it, you know, and and uh, and there's and, and we all know there's some really decent ones. Uh, for example, you might have seen that video, it was a short clip of uh, some black piece of garbage uh, broke into this guy's store. I'm not sure what city it was, and a black guy uh, had caught him, had him down, who owned the store. It was like a little grocery store or something. So obviously a decent guy working hard to provide for his family, you know. And he had a guy on the, on the ground. He had an M4 pointed in his face. And the Antifa piece of garbage is like, no, 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 don't shoot me, you know. And the guy's like, why are you breaking into my store, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, great. I'd stand with that guy. You know, he's... he's yeah, he's a builder. There's a lot, there are decent people. Well, you know, we're in a situation now where the black community wants to whine about white privilege, but they don't want to work. With all due respect, they don't want to work because the ones that are in the black community that aren't working are not going to be typically out there on the street doing this. I don't know if you've seen those on. They've got this, you know, lawyer, black lawyer, Princeton degree, you know, got furloughed because of the COVID-19 thing. I guess he's bitter because he didn't have his job anymore. Uh, he and his uh, hoe, I guess you can call her, her a hoe, uh, went out and lit up a, a cop car and got caught. Now imagine you got a Princeton degree and you're black, and you're still going to go do something like that. How stupid are these people? <laughs> wow! Seriously, yeah, how that, stupid? that is pretty stupid. I mean, hey, I, I'm I'm pissed off at that. You know, my job for the year is shut down. You know, I, I got to worry about surviving. It's not so easy, and I know it's because of the Jews. And I ain't going out and burning out cop cars. You know. Yeah, why would we burn up the cop cars for something that's a Jewish issue? And even though it's a and Jewish issue. And I don't issue, like cops. No, I don't either. I, I've had my Because of their experience. behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just but found yeah, I the, mean, it, yeah, but that, this is what, that's what blacks do. We both know it. See, and the it, thing. It's, it's the, disgusting. The thing that blacks need to understand, and they don't get it, is that they cannot escape being associated with their kind. They can't escape that. So when you have so much black crime going on all the time and you show up and you're black, you can't fault those who are going to just carry this stigma and stereotype about you because you can't escape from your culture as far as your association. You can't do it. That, 
that's true, but uh, but the, the thing with the black community I find most interesting is because their their dividing line is very clear. There's uh, I don't I don't know one percent two percent who knows of really decent, hardworking, honest black people. Um, we've all worked with somebody like that. And, um, and, and they, they really emulate a white lifestyle. You know, they want, a, they want a decent home, a decent education for their children, a decent future, so on and so on. And the, they really don't want anything to do with their own black community because that, that black community has done nothing but fail them, and they know that. And then the, the, the thug black community which is in the high 90% or whatever it is, um, they shun those guys and, you know, call, why do you want to be like Whitey or why do you want to be like Cracker? And it's like, well, what, there's something wrong with have, wanting to have a decent future for your children or have a decent job and a de- decent home? Really? There's something wrong with that? And uh, and it, so it's just a, that, that dividing line is so clear in that community. And, um, and, it, and it, it really is a small percentage with them, you know. And those people are great, though. They really are. But um, <laughs> there certainly aren't enough of them. And it's not going to improve anytime soon. All right, Lonnie, let me move on. No. I'm not sure who this is, but uh, I got some other calls coming in. Let me move on. But thanks for the call. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, take care, man. All right. Thanks for the call, man. All right. From the 210 area code. Hi. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Yeah, Bruce here one more time. Okay. Uh, maybe the last time. I don't know. Well, heck, oh, I, man, I'm going to turn this into the Bruce soul. show. You keep it up, man. I'm going to give you a microphone and teach you how to maybe I should. No. handle the mixing <laughs> board. And... Hey, uh, I'll get this out. I'm, I'm about had it with hearing about, oh, but there's a good black guy that I work with. There's a good black guy. You know what? They just fix their own community. They need to do more. I'm fed up with that. I don't want to hear it any fucking more. You okay? gotta watch your language. You're on a radio show. Ass. You're okay. on it. No, you're on, dude. You're on live. What an idiot! I gotta cut that. We can't be having that type of language. I, I can't be having. No, no. A lot of us. I, I disagree actually with what he said, though. You know, I actually disagree because I'm here in Saudi. Um, you get some of these guys come over, quite decent people, and they get it. You know, they laugh at me. They laugh at my anti-Jewish man. They said, don't they call you an anti-Semite over there? I said, yeah, but who cares, man? That's what it's all about. It says, if you're not willing to talk about who the enemy is, you're not going to have any problems. Uh, let's see. I'm going to have to go back and beep that out. Uh, I'll tell you. Anyways, anybody else want to call and get uh, that energy away? Two one, no, no, three two three, two seven five one three one four. That's two three two three two seven five, one three, one four. You know some of this insanity, guys. I don't know if this is true, but I, I'm pretty sure it is. I, I'm pretty sure it is. But uh, again, um, you have. Uh, like literally reports of people like even the National Guard, literally even the National Guard is kneeling down. Uh, hi, welcome to Inside the iLive Primetime. Hello. Hello. Hi, welcome to Inside the iLive Primetime. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Lon stole my fire. Uh, I was getting ready to um, call in with some statistics here, yeah, and uh, I guess I'll just keep, keep it really short here. Uh, in the United States, uh, there are basically uh, 
20% Hispanics, 12% blacks, and that would give you um, basically close to uh, 70% white, right? Yeah, something to that effect. Okay, so in effect, let's say 7 out of 10 people, or almost 7 out of 10 people in this country are white. Uh, in 2017, 36.82 million hunting licenses was, were licenses were issued in the United States. Uh, in 2009, 45.28 million hunting licenses were issued. Now, these are all people that don't necessarily have pistols. They might have bows, you know, bow and arrow hunting, but they're predominantly people who either hunt with a rifle or a shotgun or what we call a long gun. You start thinking about that. Uh, everybody who owns a rifle and knows how to shoot it doesn't necessarily get a hunting license. In fact, I know a lot of people that never hunted and they own rifles, okay? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty formidable thing. I mean, for anybody to think that you're going to go into any kind of a conflict and it's three of you and seven of them, and they're probably better armed than you, and they probably are well-practiced, a number of them, because they go out and they actually hunt. They actually use their guns. They know how to point them and, and hit things with them. I mean, I wouldn't even think of going into a contest like that. That'd be like Custer's last stand. I mean, these people aren't thinking this through. You know that? They just aren't thinking through. Honestly, the, when I was talking about this black guy that was talking more to his fellow BLM homies, he was saying the exact same thing you said. He said, you are not thinking this through. He said the left, he doesn't say the Jews, okay? But he said the left wants you to be the the reason to go after the right's guns, and they're not going to stand for it. He said, you need to think this through, because they're going to slaughter you if you actually try to go through with this entire plan. If you try to take this to the suburbs, you try to take this into into the heartland of where these guns really are, you are not going to come out unscathed. You will be lucky to even have uh, anybody left in your teams if you really try this. And this black guy saying, man, you guys have no idea what you're getting in. This is way bigger than Black Lives Matter and this and that. This is a big game. And I want out. I don't want anything to do with this because now I understand. He said, you guys got to get out of this thing. And it would be nice, yeah. but well, it's that, too early for him to have any influence because this thing is clearly spun out of control. Well, that was a pretty good microcosmic example of those uh, people that went into that town in California and thought they were going to pull something. I mean, they didn't last very long, and they were actually treated quite nicely. Well, you know what they were, and if you watch that video, once they had them beat down, uh, they basically were saying, let them up, this isn't fair, come on, it's not fair, let them go, let them go, don't chase them down, it's not fair, let them go. And they let them go. Yeah. Can I say one more? Sure. One more thing here. Um, you know, we've been provoked, and we don't really do anything simply because it's, it's our, our nature culturally. You know, we're not, we're not vicious, mean but if you look at the white Europeans, and I'm talking about, let's say, World War II, for example, some of the battles that took place between the Germans and the Americans and the English and the Canadians, we're talking about some serious, serious warriors. I mean, these, these, once you get the white European going, he is literally the most dangerous, dangerous man on the planet, and there's no doubt about that. 
And I do think that uh, this is why we're trying to be eliminated. Uh, I would suspect that's true, plus the fact that we get it on the political scene. We get it on the educational scene. We're able to compete intellectually all day long. In fact, our ability to create and to innovate exceeds well beyond what these people can do. They they would rather work with Chinese apparatchiks, you know, technocrats, rather than us, because they feel they can control the Chinese. Yeah. Yeah, it's all interesting stuff. Yeah, I've heard that the, the Chinese aren't necessarily very innovative in terms of they're good at taking things and copying things and then and yes. following and spinning. But they're it from not there. engineers. Correct. No, it's very true. Their culture. It's something about our language that allows us to do what we do. You know, our language is very unique. It's a very programmatic, mathematical language. It's you know, let's face it, the language programs the person. And our language is superior. You know, like my son says, you know, if we got 26 letters and we can do anything we want with that. He, he's half Chinese. He said, I got, I, I know 150 ch- Chinese characters and I can't say anything yet. So, you know, just yeah. the time they have to spend just to learn their language takes forever. And it's more a pictorial thing. It creates a different mindset. They work really hard, but it's a different way of thinking. But I do believe we are the engineers of the planet. The Europeans, the white Europeans, are the engineers of the planet. We pretty much invented everything that's made everyone's life so useful. And I mean, I, that's so useful in our lives. And, and uh, you know, the fact that you can get on a jet plane and fly mm-hmm. confidently and not crash. And we have running water. We have. That's why everyone's trying to come here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for the most part. And even here in Saudi, you know, they're going to tell you, Dennis, uh, when it comes to technology, we're going to ask for the Americans first. And if it's political, please avoid the Americans because we don't trust the government anymore. Because the government's not, I tell them, the government's not American, it's Jewish. And they said, yeah, we know that. Yeah, interesting stuff. It is. We think we got one more call. Maybe let them get a chance to come in the door here. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Guys, uh, last, you got about one, one and a half, two minutes. If you're lucky, if you want to get in real quick, so give me a quick call, 323-275-1314. That's 1-323-275-1314. And you know what we've been witnessing everybody now this past week? We've had National Guard, National Guard, okay, kneeling before Black Lives Matter, kneeling before Antifa. We have had police officers kneeling before Antifa. We have had politicians kneeling before Antifa. And, of course, all of this kneeling goes back to that issue with Nike. And I forget the guy's name. It's at the top of my tongue here. Uh, Kaepernick, the quarterback Kaepernick. This is all part of that symbolism. And again, this kneeling and kneeling and kneeling, it is essentially a sign of defeat. To kneel is a sign of defeat. It is a sign of submission. It is a sign of humiliation, quite frankly. So we'll have to see how things play out. Last call real quick from the Chicago area. Hi, Chicago Brew. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Got about one minute. Would be a lot to... 
not going to let this show end on that note. We believe those uniforms, those National Guard, whoever you see kneeling, a lot of them, the National Guard especially, maybe from Central Casting, that they took the uniforms out of the closet uh. to stage that event. Not necessarily those people. I don't think they would be able to get away with it. Again, Central Casting, posing like the cult, whatever, psyops, propaganda, Again, a lot of NGOs, a lot of money, a lot of stuff's going on here. Do not believe you what know, you see or hear. Okay, good. That's actually something I didn't think about. You know, I was on the set of Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, that was filmed in Jordan, and I was dressed up in a official general's uniform, so I can understand exactly what you're yes. saying. All right, General Fetch, take care. All right, take care, everybody. That's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Inside the Eye Live again Saturday, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. See you then right here. Freedomslips.com. Thanks for listening.